thermal sound wave wave thermal sound wave wave thermal sound wave wave You're listening to one of the hottest radio shows in the Tri-State area. Now for my next number. I'd like to return to the classics. Thermal Sound Waves, a natural alternative to fast food radio. Call us up, 212-491-4685. Email us, thermalsoundwaves at gmail.com. You're welcome. As we continue with our Latin comedy night. Latin comedy night. Because <laughs> that's our brothers. Yes, indeed. sisters. Yes, brothers and sisters from another mother. We continue on with the Latin comedy night. That's all. We, and um, Some of us cook with, you know, regular stuff. Some people cook with. Sazon. Sazon. Adobo. Whatever it is. Cook whatever. Same food. It's the same food, basically. But anyway, we got an OG on the line right now. We got an OG. Mr. Paul Rodriguez. <laughs> we got an OG on the line. OG, oh, what's up, Holmes? What's happening? I'm over here taking my Maylux. <laughs> can, can, can we get a round of applause for Mr. Paul Rodriguez? Paul Rodriguez. Hey, he's an OG. He's hey. an OG. He's an O-O-O-G. I'm over here. I'm over here, member of the AARP. I'm hanging here. You what's know, up? I... I First of all, we gotta say uh, we're honored to have you on the on the show. Uh, big shout out to Manny, shout out to Miss Phyllis Bishop, and uh, the PR woman that took care of us. Uh, but you are an OG, the OG, one of the top OGs. It's, it's you. Who, who we got? See, is Mr. Paul Rodriguez. Paul Rodriguez. James Edward Olmos. James Edward Olmos. Frog from Colors. Frog from Colors. <laughs> George Lopez. George. Let me tell you, Eddie almost ain't that funny. I, I know him; he's a neighbor, and, uh, but he, he's scary though, man. No, Eddie's got that kind of look that you know you, makes you want to give me a wallet. He has an American me look. Yeah, man. Every time I see him, he he lives about three blocks down the street, and every time I see him walking, there's, even his dog is ugly. You know, even his dog. He's got a he's got a chihuahua that looks like it's been has been in a lot of fights and stuff. And like I see him walking up and down the street. Yeah, that chihuahua looks rough, man. His chihuahua. He, it's Chihuahua Escape from Michael Vick? <laughs> yeah, man. It is a, he's, he's like a, I don't really think he's like a Chihuahua. He's kind of like a, it looks like a like a, a rat, a big rat. That's what it looks like, you know. Because I got Chihuahuas. My Chihuahuas look like Chihuahuas. This thing looks like, I don't know, you got it at a shelter. I have to ask him. Now, now, you know, also, I think people don't realize that you guys go way back when it comes to uh, Latinos, Mexicans, in film, all right, like yeah, you go back DC Cab. Yeah, I, I go back up uh, thirty five years now. DC yeah. Cab. Uh, yeah, DC Cab was one of the one of the uh, first. Uh, well, it wasn't. I was actually in the first black exploitation film 
with Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> was that, that was a Sweetback, was it? Yeah, it was Sweetback. Sweetbacks. I actually played the part of Jose Perez, uh, uh, the, the Puerto Rican in real life, who, oh, who was his right. cameraman. That's right, that's wow. right. Cameraman, Sweetback. And so I got all the history there with Mario. And back when, back in, uh, I remember I, I used to live in Compton when I was a youngster. I remember going to see the Watermelon Man. It was uh, it was just uh, 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 the first thing that I could relate to, you know, in, in my neighborhood. Right. It was kind of the, the beginning of a uh, of a uh, uh, black exploitation films, and, and soon to be followed by uh, Latinos. Like I think are, are right now where African Americans were, I would say, twenty, thirty years back. You know, so we're we're just coming into our own, getting our, our share of it. But hey, it's going to happen. You just got to be patient, and hopefully, uh, some other. Uh, Important spark if will come up uh, that, that'll help God. You know, we need a we need we need a Mario Van people sort of. You know, we need we need we thought Robert Rodriguez was going to do it, but Robert Rodriguez don't want to do no no uh, Latino esque films. You know, other than Machete, which is a, a cartoon, really. <laughs> yeah, but wow. uh, but you know that that'll happen. The, the filmmakers are out there. You know, the storytellers are out there. I probably uh, I probably came into this business about twenty thirty years too early really but it's gonna happen I, I i hope to be around but but you are one of the people when somebody would say who was your influences growing up like if we ask felipe mm-hmm. as far as who is one of your influences growing up paul rodriguez it's you well you're, you know, you're that, like that... the living legend that's still doing this to this day there's people like me that are from the the parts of new york that we know Paul Rodriguez. Like, yeah, well, you know, you you, you got to take that with a grain of salt. You know, the only thing I did was just, uh, uh, I've been around a long time. That could happen to anybody if you stick to something, you're around a long time. But uh, it, it would have happened anyways. You know, there were other Latino uh, stand-ups. There was uh, Dominicans, Puerto Rican stand-ups. They never got the exposure. I guess I, I, was, I was the first one to to ever get uh, mainstream media exposure, but there were others, you know. You just have to research them. You know, there was a guy named Pedro Gonzalez Gonzalez who used to work on radio, used to be funny. Uh, there were others. There was a, a guy named Hank Garcia. He had, he, he had uh, a couple of exposures on the, uh, on the Merv Griffin and Mike Douglas show, and then he got hooked up with a, with a girl. Isn't it always like that? Yeah, he wound up uh, 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 doing, uh, doing ships. So that, that took him out of the mainstream there was another uh, a Cuban guy named uh, Loreno Sata. Loreno oh, that's a Sata fat guy was... in Scarface. They used to make fun of him. Like he used to come on stage. Well, yeah, well, no, that's Angel Salazar. Angel okay. Salazar. He 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 was around, but there was a guy named Loreno Sata. You know, of course, it was Rick Aviles. Rick Aviles was uh, really a, a, just when his career was starting. He was a great friend of mine. We used to hang out at the Latin Quarter back in the day in New York. Wow, and, you, you know, there was Izzy. There was Izzy Sarabia. Izzy Sarabia was, was, of course, one of the pioneers also. So there were others. So i got to mention these people because I don't want to sit back and, and, and take uh, full credit when full credit isn't due. I'll take some of it, but, but not all of it. Uh, it, takes, it takes a lot of us. You know, the people that influenced me uh, weren't even Latino. I used to watch uh, Jose Jimenez, which is Bill Dana, on, on the Sullivan, on the, Mike, uh, on the uh, Steve Allen show. And I used to think he was, he was Hispanic, and it was... And then I found out that he wasn't. It wasn't a big deal. He's still a nice man. He lives over there in uh, Palm Springs. But there were others. <laughs> now, Thermal Soundways Radio, WHCR 90.3 FM. You're here with uh, C-Truth, Kev Lawrence, the world-famous radio boys. Of course, we're here with Mr. Paul Rodriguez. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, you know, we're here to talk about 
Felipe's great success and his little movie. You know, that's one of the things that's really hard. Even if you have a movie that, that has merit, it's really difficult to, to get the mainstream uh, powers that be to, to, uh, to have enough faith in something to, to export it, to, to let it be known to the world. Unfortunately, that, that we're not there yet, but this little movie that Felipe, uh, that I'm in, is going to catch on. You know, I believe that the, that the, the trend for, for, for comedians now will be like MTV. When before there were music videos about telling a story in a film about the song, now when you have a routine about, you know, my mother's this, my mother's that, there will come the time when there will be that video of vignette acting out what you're talking about on stage, you know. That, that's the next trend that I see happen. This is what Felipe did in this movie. He, he talks about his father uh, being a wrestler and the dysfunctions around his family. And, and you been... was the father. And we're talking about the movie, uh, I'm Not Like That No More. You was the father. We saw how you yeah. pulled your back out trying to hop the fence. And you did a good job yeah. hopping the fence. You did a good job. I was surprised. Yeah, well, you got that's, in. Back then, I could still, that was about two, two years ago. I could hop a fence back then. Boy, I tell you, after 50, you start feeling every year is like, a, like another rock, you know. But uh, <laughs> life is like that. You go on. It's thermal sound wave. You're talking to uh, Paul Rodriguez. Um, what was it that drew you to the, the film? I'm, I'm not like that no more. Well, it wasn't the money. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> it wasn't the money. <laughs> I, I don't. I've never done a film where I actually wound up owing them something, you know. Uh, but but you, every once in a while, you get a script that that it just feels right. You know, they they give you the license to go ahead and ad lib and go ahead and add your own flavor to it. And this was it. You know, they. The, the director and the producer said, look, we ain't got no money. That's, that we, all, all independent films start off with, we ain't got no money. But when this thing becomes a huge hit, on the second uh, the second one, it'll be like Hangover. You know, the first one was great. The second one, they got paid, you know. Right. Uh, it wasn't all that. But this movie, it really saddened my heart. And I wouldn't be here at all, uh, uh, up at this hour talking to you in New York, uh, sitting at a gas station here in my car from Los Angeles, if I didn't really care about this film. You know, I've done big budget films that, that have had no kind of exposure. I was in Ali. That thing cost $120 million. It was great cast and everything. The movie didn't do nothing. Now, here's this movie that cost $1.25, but it really says something about the conditions. One of the things this film says is about the, the friction and, the, and, the, and the, 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 the way African Americans and Latinos get along because the barrio and the ghetto intermesh with each other. In every city I've been to, yeah. there's, where blacks and Latinos live, that is the... the, the the, the, the dangerous part of town, the, the so-called uh, places to look out for. But right. among uh, not only the danger and, 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 and drugs and all of that, it's also the place where, where, where comedy and, and, and fashion and, and day-to-day living and hipness comes from. You know, it, it, it's like I used to do this routine about this, uh, this Mexican uh, uh, restaurant run by a black family called Casa Your Mama. <laughs> well, in reality, it, there is a place in, in, uh, in Watts that I used to go to, it, it, it's got the best food, but it's, 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 you got to run like a gauntlet of gangs and, 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 and cops and everything to get there. And once you get there, you eat the food fast, you enjoy it, you say, damn, it's good. And then you got to make your way back to wherever you live, you know. It's there the gauntlet, that's the price like you pay that. for that food. Right. There are places in Canada. It's like we was trying to get some Mexican food. He was like, listen, don't get out. Don't get out. <laughs> just just keep moving. Keep going fast. Keep going fast. Like, all right, all right. <laughs> It's thermal sound waves. We're talking to uh, Paul Rodriguez here. Well, why do you think? I mean, you you you've seen a lot of life. Uh, you live. Yeah. You you've seen a lot of places. Why do you think there's such friction between uh, black and Latinos in the hood? Look, every time the economy goes down, then the the the, the scraps from the table of the man 
that we get gets smaller, making us conflict and fight over that. You know, I mean, the the, the less there's only there's only a, a pie is only so big. The only thing that's growing in America is the population. The pie has remained the same. It's shrunk in some areas because of the because of the uh, the economic circumstances. But every time the uh, America goes through an economic uh, a downturn, you know, or what I call what I call uh, uh, the white man doesn't make his money, then they're not going to blame the corporate raiders. They're not going to blame the people that that ripped off the, the treasuries flat out. Uh, they're not. They're going to blame some guy named uh, Ramon standing in front of Home Depot. He's responsible for taking jobs away from. You know, when the economy is booming, nobody's complaining about illegal aliens working in every restaurant in New York City. For, for nothing. No, hey, you want to go in there, you got great food, and you're able to tip, and everything, the world is fine. I mean, you're not going to complain about this guy who's trying to survive and keep his family together. No. But when the economy is down, and you don't have the $6 for a latte, then you have to find a scapegoat. You have to find someone to blame for this problem. And you're not going to blame the real people, because most of us in the bar and the ghetto aren't aware who the hell it is that's responsible for this. Well, a few of us who have made it to suburbia, and you got to be, uh, whatever they might think of you, the few of us that survived, we'll tell you right now that the people at Goldman Sachs, the people at the Treasury, the people at, at, at these places you can't even understand what they do, understand this. They're the ones that ripped us off. So consequently, when that pipe gets smaller, there's only so much. you got to get your own. African-Americans, it's easy to turn to somebody and go, well, you ain't even supposed to be in this country. You know, we've been here fighting slavery for 500 years. You know, the, the truth is is that both black and, and, and Latinos have a legitimate right, except we're not grabbing to the right person. We're not, we're not blaming the people who are really deserving of the blame. So we have no other, term, no other uh, 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 recourse but to blame each other, to say, you know, African-Americans, and you know, I'll, I'll give it to you from both sides. Hispanics, uh, they'll, they'll say, you know, well, look, look, you know, you, you see a... a you don't see Latinos out there begging for nothing. You see African Americans out there panhandling. They're lazy. They don't want to work. The truth is, is that that's what you see, but you don't see what that brother got went through to, to be in that situation. Nobody wants to beg for a living, you know. So, so we don't have any compassion towards each other. So it becomes a more brutal, more racist, and more 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 uh, self uh, uh, ascribing world, you know. So now, it's sad. But uh, anybody who's listening to me now, put all that put all that aside. You can't change the world. The only thing you can change is your attitude to your fellow human beings. Know this. Hispanics are not here to, to denigrate or to live off of or to, or to put down the African-American. We, we understand the struggle. We are there with the struggle. And, 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 and Latinos got to understand that that black man, uh, you know him a lot. You know, all the civil, civil rights advances were not made by uh, Mexicans uh, uh, running up and down. There were a few of us that were in the struggle. But, but for the most part, we are capitalizing on uh, uh, their sweat, their blood, and their tears. Wow. So there, there's enough. There's enough. We got. We got to have more understanding in the schools. We have to teach our children to know that nobody, wherever, wherever it is we got. I try to tell my sons, see this house. This house didn't just magically appear. Somebody came along and made things possible so your dad can get to where he is. And we got to be grateful every day, you know, regardless of what you're at. You know, clap it up, Mr. Paul Rodriguez, right there. I, I was about to talk a little bit about Preach. with you about uh, what's going on over there in in uh, California or Southern California with uh, the blacks, Latinos. But with that speech yeah. you just made, it 
it doesn't even make sense anymore. It's irrelevant. You, you, you killed it. You did a great job right there. Well, it, it's just, it, it breaks my heart. Look, I, I grew up uh, for economic reasons, which because is the reason why we're here. It's not, we don't really, we never really, everybody goes through their things over here. Like, listen, I don't like that kind of group that much. We, you got a lot of over here and other parts of the country, but lots of us realize that when it came to Southern California, it's kind of different. It, it's it, yeah. it's kind of more, more deeper. Yes. And, uh, yes, it is. So we, we kind of like didn't East Coast or South or South Midwest people didn't really understand how deep right. it went with blacks and uh, uh, Mexico, excuse me, black and Latinos over there in Southern California. It was like, are you serious? They have problems like that? Yeah, like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, we, we going over there. I'm like, I'm you know, I'm thinking it's cool. Like, because I don't have a problem with nobody. I'm like, you know, yeah. what up? And, and dudes are well, telling you know, me, the, the, like, don't get the out the car. New York. <laughs> New York is more or less, New York is an international country. Uh, New York is, is like a, a capital of the world, if you will. You have one block of Dominicans right next to Puerto Ricans, and these people have been there since time immemorial. Since, since a, a half hour after they bought the island from the Indians, there was already people from all over the world because there, was, there, was, uh, there were uh, different people coming. There was a port city. Here in California, well, Mexico, this was Mexico, and then, Mexico. And then uh, the, uh, America came into it. So our gripes are different, you know and it, it saddens my heart that, that, that there's a lot of uh, uh, racial prejudice on our side. Mexican-Americans, we have to look into our own hearts and realize that in the privacy of our own home, uh, our moms are telling our, our, uh, our sisters, don't, don't date a black man, don't be with a black man, stay away from black men, you know? Uh, you know, I heard that in my own house. So you got to, anytime you hear prejudice, you got to call these people to account, you know, whoever they may be. Well, it's never going to go away, you know? Uh, I'm not out here looking for, for husbands or boyfriends for my sisters, but should they choose a black man, all I got to do is support whatever she, she does. To see, But she shouldn't be stigmatized. But there is that stigma. You know, if you bring a, a white guy named Brad to the house, uh, that, that's considered a, a step up. Yeah. If you bring yeah. a, a guy named Hakeem or Tyrone to the house, that's a step down. And right. I would challenge any Mexican to tell me different. Now, it all begins in the car where... And a lot of the humor that I talk about is like that. It, it begins with your parents, your father, the way he, the way he observes the world as he drives, you know. Uh, there's, a, there's room for a lot of comedy, but a lot of truisms, you know. We cannot just be, uh, uh, you know, uh, unbigoted or, or be liberal in public. We have to do that in private. If, if we, haven't, we haven't been able to teach our children that, that, that what Dr. King said is true, that the color of your skin it doesn't really uh, make a, a whole person, doesn't, it's the color of your content, is the content of your character. Those are the things that, that, that matter. If, we're, if those are just words to us, then this is a pathetic world and nothing's ever going to change. And that goes for African Americans, too. You, there's a lot of prejudice in African Americans towards other people out of frustration, out of, out of, of the people thinking that they're not understood and they got it right. But it cuts both ways, you know. I try to go to schools and I try to teach children that, for example, uh, Brown versus the Board of Education wouldn't have happened if it had not been for a farmer, a Mexican family, who challenged that law first many years before that. It was called Mendez. Mendez uh, versus uh, the Board of, of Westminster. You can look it up, you know, all you people with computers. Mendez versus Westminster. As a matter of fact, this farmer, Mendez, went broke. Mendez was the one that hired Thurgood Marshall to, to test that same uh, law. This is Thurgood Marshall got his practice later to beat uh, all the way to the Supreme Court with Brown versus the Board of Education. So we have contributed, except these things that we have contributed have not been, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
taught to the children. I think they should be because it would end a lot of strife. It would let it would make Latinos feel like you know we we were in the struggle also. We we suffered what you suffered, perhaps not as evident, perhaps not in the amount, but suffering is suffering. What are you going to put a measure on that? You know exactly. It's thermal sound waves. You're talking to Paul Rodriguez. Call us up two one two four nine one four six eight five. That is the number. I don't Do think you? many people ever heard that before, see? No, definitely Brown, not. Brown versus Mendez? Definitely not. I don't, I don't Mendes, think anybody look knows it up. that. Mendez versus the Board of Education of Westminster, Westminster, California. Mendez was a farmer. He had a, a daughter that was just not light enough to be allowed to go to school there. And they, they said that she couldn't. She wasn't allowed to go to school there. She was a, a dark Mexican. And uh, he said, no, nah, you know, you have to get away with this racing to other people. I got money. He spent his entire fortune and ultimately died just about penniless and broke. And he went back to the East Coast uh, and hired, uh, he purposely wanted a black lawyer. He wanted a, a competent, intelligent African-American. And he brought Thurgood Marshall later to become Supreme Court Justice. And Thurgood Marshall challenged that law. And Mendes lost now. Mendes lost. But history vindicates him because he uh, was the first one to, to, to see, had that kind of uh, uh, foresight to see. As a matter of fact, there was a scripper around here and, and, and that I got a hold of for, uh, for uh, a movie. <laughs> You said a script or a stripper? No, there's a script. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you said a stripper. There's a script. Where's your mind at? Where's your mind at? Oh, now. Where's your Yeah, there's a stripper around that that I was, somebody brought it to my attention. I was trying to get a hold of Forrest Whitaker. I did have dinner with Forrest Whitaker, and let's see what what happens, you know, because Forrest Whitaker would, would play a, a terrific Thurgood Marshall uh, as, a, as a young lawyer uh, graduating in the East Coast uh, school and, and, and coming back, uh, coming to, to California where there was uh, negligible, uh, uh, at the time, negligible amount of African Americans, and he challenged this uh, law. And Thurgood Marshall, in his biography, thanks uh, uh, Mr. Mendez for, for actually, he says that the wow. uh, that the uh, African Americans owe a great deal of debt to this man, who's literally un- unknown. And I- I've been fighting for for people like that and uh, J. Oscar Gonzalez and people like that who have, who were in the struggle, who who were who uh, marched, who were there to for their story to come out, so that African Americans could understand that not all of us are Johnny Come Lately's. That our ancestors were there fighting for the same things. The struggle goes on. We, we continue to fight for the same things, except now, unfortunately, we're fighting each other, which was really sad in my heart. Absolutely. That, I mean, Mexicans are one of the great builders of civilization. Like, if you want to take it back, 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 back. Of course. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people don't, don't know that history either. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this. Oh, and before I ask you the next question, if you need some funding for that movie uh, that you're going to get Forrest Whitaker for, I'll put $10 on it. I'm I, just saying. I got five. I got <laughs> five on it. I'll tell you what, that, that is not so far away from, it's, everything is possible. You know, the, the innovative ways of financing a movie are only limited by your imagination because I do believe that there are so many, uh, think about it, it's just the people listening to your show. With all, there was a way to all get together and, and make sure we weren't running a Ponzi game. To get together to, to put five or six or ten bucks a piece. We have millions of dollars, and, and millions of dollars could actually make cinema and get, get a young uh, cinematographer, a young director going to school, get going. We have stories to tell, except the mainstream, Warner Brothers, uh, Paramount, and I've had countless meetings with these people. Uh, they want to know if it'll play in Peoria, you know. Will it play in Peoria? Well, you know, I, I don't know about Peoria, but there's like 20 Peorias, Peorias in, 
and one uh, you know one of uh, Los Angeles and one East Los Angeles. Right. There's, there's a lot of people. We always have to remember that, regardless of the color, the story has to be uh, has to have a, a market. And I think anytime you're doing stories about uh, the humanity of people, the the understanding, the difficulties, and all these other things, that's that's also a lot of fodder for for comedy. You know, comedy comes out of struggle, comes out of pain. I, I believe that the reason why. Uh, uh, stand-up comedy was literally invented in the Catskills by by Jews who escaped, uh, uh, you know, the, the rigors of of, uh, of uh, the Nazis. You know, people people who have struggled all their lives. When you got nothing else, you got a sense of humor. You know, there, there's something you know, totally related. There's a reason why there ain't a lot of German comics. You know, there's, there's a reason why there ain't a lot of German stand-ups. You know, that <laughs> wasn't, wasn't uh, you know, David uh, not da- Michael Hasselhoff. Even though he was a night writer, then he became a singer and David also a part of David Hasselhoff. Then he became well, a singer. He was a big hit in Germany. That's he funny was a to big me hit here. In Germany. You know, that'll make that'll make your brother want to drink and beat up your kids. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, the, the best thing you know, it comes from, it comes from a, a certain way of living, a struggle, a strife. You can't ask people to describe hunger or, or talk about hunger if you've never been hungry, you know? Uh, a couple yeah. of years back when. When the uh, the presidential uh, race was going on, this is before Obama was in office, and uh, you know they, these were uh, two millionaires talking about how they wanted to end hunger, end hunger where among your your your, your staff, uh, where you know I mean uh, it, it's it's hard to see people try to, you know you can have compassion for other people, you can have compassion for the people in Darfur, you can have compassion for people abused anywhere, but you don't really know unless you've been there on the ground, you know. We, you know, yeah, I could, I could talk to you until I'm blue in the face, and that's hard for this Mexican. Uh, I could talk to you about about uh, the struggle that the soldiers are going on in Afghanistan, but you don't really know that you've been down there. You've seen the fields, the poppies. You've been to the hospitals. You've seen the young men missing leg at 20 years old. You know, unless you've seen that, you really television just doesn't bring it over. The smell of vision it doesn't bring it over. You know, right. I've been there about eight times, and and my only disagreement uh, with Mr. Obama is that, you know, he promised to get us out of there. We don't got this man. Come home. Come home. The only people dying out there are the poor. Poor Appalachian whites and blacks and Hispanics. That's all they're dying there. I don't care what I don't care what Katie Kirk or whoever's on television right now tell you. <laughs> I've been there six times. That's all who's dying there. That's all. Absolutely. It's Thermal Soundwaves. We're talking to poor Rodriguez. Call us up, 212-491-4685. Uh, do you think that... What's going on with the Dodgers is karma for what they did to build the stadium to begin with, pushing out the people who were originally living there to build Dodger Stadium. You're a Brooklyn Dodger. You know, I tell you that Chavez Ravine. My, I had a aunt that was a that was a p- eminent domain right out of it. It was a it was a little cul-de-sac. It was a, a beautiful little valley. I remember it before it was, the Dodgers got here in '55. Uh, you know, and, and there was no stadium there for them yet. Um, so. I was must have been three or four years old. I, I remember that community. I remember my grandma dying, uh, her last dying breath. She never wanted to sell her her house for Chavez Ravine. She'd had wow. that house for generations uh, going back. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it it it's really sad. But uh, what's happened to the Dodgers is the Dodgers should be in Brooklyn. Okay, Brooklyn Dodgers, Los Angeles Dodgers. I don't know. Baseball has really fell out of favor because it has become a, a new institution of of slavery, if you will. You know. Uh, black Hispanics dominate the game, and, and uh, the few that make millions, those are the ones we hear about. We don't hear about the, the wasted dreams of all those young little kids in the Dominican Republic growing up who ain't going to never make the Dodgers. Nope. And, and, and it's just 
I think it's a false sense of security that that is given. You know, I think uh, all sports reality, uh, all sports. God didn't give African Americans and Latinos any extra muscles. What it is is that sports is the last venue that's left for desperate people, desperate poor people. You know, this is why your boxes are boxing is all, uh, another perfect example of that's all you ever see. There's a black guy and a, and a brown guy beating the hell out of each other, and, and white people uh, out there, you know, uh, betting on it. You know, unless unless you're talking about once in a while you have one white hope, like like uh, I don't know, what was the last one was a Patrick, that was it? Kelly Pavlik. Kelly Pavlik. Yeah, and Pavlik. Pavlik was a, the last one. I said, oh, man, this, this has for real. But other than that, it's a black and Latino beating themselves up. Uh, you know, the, and every time there's no white champions, they invent another sport. Now it's now it's ultimate fighting where you, where you can use your elbows and stuff. And, you know and what? Now, now That's the same thing that uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. said also. He was really upset about that. He was like, you know what? You realize that you can't do nothing here in boxing, so now you want to go and push UFC. Exactly. And he exactly. got mad at Floyd Mayweather for that. Floyd Mayweather and, for that. And they'll go on and dominate that because it's the best that who make desperate people do desperate things, you know? The heavyweight champion desperate. is Mexican. Huh? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the heavyweight yeah, champion is Mexican. I think his name is uh, Marquez. Yeah, Marquez. He's made, he, uh, beat, uh, he beat Brock Lesnar, the heavyweight champion. I know. See, what, what happened? Somebody whispered in his ear, you beat this dude up, we'll bring your whole family to America. <laughs> so that, that, that'll, make a, that'll make a brother want to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, he, he tore Brock Lesnar up. Now, I, I, the question I have for you, uh, Being that you are uh, you're Mr. Mexico, uh, that's what I call you, did uh, you ever feel disrespected when they used to have the commercials for Taco Bell run for the border? No, I think I think that was that was something really silly because um, because I think what's happened to our leaders and I I know all of them and I told them we haven't picked our right fights. You know, we're all upset over over the Taco Bell Chihuahua thing. When, when, our edu- when our kids didn't get no education, we haven't picked the right fight. We haven't really focused. We haven't really had a, uh, a Jesse Jackson Latino. You know, we, we, Cesar Chavez was the guy that basically uh, fought for a small, very tiny segment of Hispanics, but he didn't speak for the urban Latino, you know. So that, that, that's been said. What we need is a, we need a, 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 a I don't know, a, who, who's the brother with the hair that, 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 that is always criticized? Um, uh, he's a reverend, Reverend... Uh, uh, Al Sharpton. Huh? Al Sharpton. We, we need an Al Sharpton for all the criticism that people give us Al Sharpton. Every time there's a, there's a problem, he's there. We need somebody who will aggressively court and attack the media to keep our That's what you think of Mr. Think of Mr. Jackson. They bring out issues that, that are really bothering the community. We don't have anything like that. The sadness of our Latino leaders, the minute they, they whether it be Cisneros, or whoever it be, and I've known them all. The minute they get some kind of success, they become part of they become part of the system, not not the the, the one poking on the side of the system to trying to affect change. No, they, they, there's no other word for it. But they totally sell out. Two of the biggest Latino organizations can't even get along with each other, much less uh, how are they going to lead a, a huge uh, populace of Hispanics? You know, you have LULAC and National Council of La Raza. These are the two uh, giant. Uh, um, uh, 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 holes, uh, people that, that speak for us, supposedly, and they're out there wasting their bullets on, on fighting over the Taco Bell Chihuahua dog when they should be all up in, in the offices of, of the executives of the big networks. Going, why is there no representation of Hispanics on television? Why only one 
George Lopez show, why was it canceled? You know, uh, there's a reason why there's so many wow. successful African-American television shows. That's because Jesse Jackson, for good or for bad, will walk in there and talk to these and, and, and make uh, noise. You know, we ain't got nobody making noise. And the few of us that try to make noise pay a very heavy, heavy price of ostracization, you know? You know, uh, we also realized sometimes, man, when it came down to it, uh, <laughs> you just mentioned the, the Chihuahua dog. Uh, of course, yeah. mentioned Taco Bell. Uh, I remember watching this movie called Fun with Dick and Jane. Right, right. That's Frank Garcia. J- Jim Carrey. And right. in the movie, their son was talking Spanish. Right, right. Because his babysitter. All the, all the names, all the names. That's true, you know. So it always kind of like puzzled us. Like, you know, you keep saying, you know, illegal aliens all these uh, Mexicans come over are horrible, but they're raising your kids. It's unbelievable. You know, that happened to me. The first manager I had, his name was Jeff Wald. He was married to Helen Reddy. I remember going to Malibu to his house, a beautiful house. I walk in there, and the kid must have been about 12 years old. He's a grown man now. He worked with Russell Simmons uh, now. He's as a man. But his first language was in Spanish. He's this, he's this Jewish kid talking to me in Spanish. It was trippy. And it's true. All their nannies are Hispanics from Guatemala, from El Salvador. It's just, it's, there's a, there's a, a really a, a weird thing because they they like, they whoever the part of the beef, like anything about our culture. They, they like our food, our women. They, they, they yeah. love uh, uh, J-Lo, her butt. They love all of the, all the music, uh, beer, everything. It's everything except us. Us, you know, our women will be accepted, especially if they look like J-Lo. Ain't that always but how it, it goes? Right. The women are always yeah. accepted first? Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's a Is hot it... firecracker. You know, they're the, they're the, the, the ones uh, that are supposed to be, you know, uh, really great in bed. And, 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 and that's true, of course. You know, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> some, things, some things are very, very true, I'm here to say. But, uh, you know, just looking at it, at it backwards... You can't lose sleep over things you can't affect. There's nothing you can do about it. You'll drive yourself crazy. The only thing that, that people like myself and others uh, can do is just try to live a dignified, respectful way. Try to, try to put your brick in the wall there. And, and, and eventually, one day, look, when, when Norman Lear first uh, gave me a, an opportunity to have a TV series, I knew it wasn't going to work. But, hey, it's in the Smithsonian, you know, the first television with the Met. With a Hispanic uh, American on, on, on American television, you know that, that might not even buy me a cup of coffee, but it's something I'm proud of because after me and after Lopez and after all these other people, there the day will come. Hopefully, I will be like Maggie, but the day will come when we will have a rightful place at the table, at the table of economic success, at the table of other things. But we got to go through a lot of a lot of struggles still. You know, you just can't uh, sit back and these things don't don't happen by themselves. You have to affect change. You have to continue to use every cliche you can. You know, that, that, that rock didn't crack out the first time you hit it with a hammer. It's the hundredth time. You know, so, so you got to continue to just live a positive way, teach our children, get them educated, get them to become the system. Not part of it, but become the system. And it'll happen because our numbers are huge, and, and we will become a, an important, integral part of America in every corner, every avenue, whether from banking all the way down to... Uh, yeah, Cleaning hotel rooms. We, we, we run the gamut now, and we, we'll, we'll be more prominent uh, as the years come by. you got to have a positive view, man. Well, what's Absolutely. the good thing is that uh, you're actually, when you are, we're actually in uh, the governor's son. So that's great, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. Governor Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Schwarzenegger was Captain Ed Guatemalan. <laughs> Unani. You know. <laughs> and I worked, with, I worked with him closely. You know, I, I knew Mr. Schwarzenegger. For someone with such a pronounced accent to be so anti-immigrant, I couldn't understand that. And I had a conversation with him. And, uh, and, and we threw an interpreter because neither of us could talk English, apparently. And then we... We just had to, you know, he, he had a, 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 he changed his mind, because I've been working with the wire issues in California. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's one of the things that, you know, you got to be careful about uh, throwing rocks if you yourself live in a glass house, you know. That's, that's why I, I don't try to be critical, because, you know, uh, somebody asked me to, to, if I wanted to run for office, and I said, you know, I ain't got no skeletons in my closet. i got warm <laughs> bodies that I put there just yesterday. So, so uh, I, my, 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 my bodies have meat on them, you know, so I, I'm, I'm not good for that. I'm just good. I'm, good. I'm a decent uh, joke teller, and that's it, you know. Definitely. <laughs> Paul Rodriguez here on Thermal Sound Wave. We want to thank you, man, for, for taking time out. Oh, thank out you for your time. And thank you for your program. time. And and encourage everybody to go see this movie with Felipe. He's, he's truly a treasure, man. This guy's one of the funniest guys. Uh, you'll see us as time goes on. Felipe Esparza is, has a fresh new way of looking at the world. He, he's, he's very funny. I always knew he was talented. That's why I made a friend of him. And I took him with me to Las Vegas, and uh, he opened for me a couple of times. And then I said, you know what? Uh, you best open on your own. You best open for somebody else because uh, it's hard to follow you. No, you know? no. But I, I admire his success. Hey, I really do. Hey, see, I, I know uh, you got to close it out, but I just want to – he touched on something. I just want to make sure that he, he huh? finishes it off. Your uh, water coalition you have for California. Yeah, I'm the chair of the uh, Latino Water Coalition. It's a, it's a coalition of farmers that the environmentalists cut the water off to all of us in Fresno. And I fought them tooth and nail, and now the water is back on. Now the, the battle's not over, and I ain't going away. But at least we got water; we're still growing stuff. Exactly. You know? Now, now you got to get the lights on. Yeah, now exactly. And <laughs> I gotta, I gotta pay the bill. <laughs> I gotta go, and I want to thank you all very much for your time and, and a big peace to everybody listening to me back east. You know, hopefully, yeah, God will smile. I mean, give me an opportunity to go back there and and, and work one of these clubs. You, you come see me live. You be the judge for yourself. I'll thank both of you brothers for, for the for the. A time, the opportunity. Absolutely, definitely, definitely. And big up to your son as well, man. He does his thing on that skateboard. skateboard. That boy is doing so good, I'm borrowing money from him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye. It's Thermal Sound Waves, a natural alternative to fast food radio. A lot of education there with Mr. Paul Rodriguez. The OG. Yes, indeed, Legend. man. Now you see why. Now you see why. Look at all the information that he had, man. I mean, he went from you kept going. Ch Chihuahua, Taco Bell, the Dodgers, um, that was, that water. Was deep, that was deep with you right there, see, the whole Dodger thing. I, I saw a piece. It, it was like it, they, they they ran a piece on that for like a minute on some show. They, they put it on real quick. Like, like all right. We gave it to you. <laughs> they put it on real quick. Like, we gave it to you. I was like, all right, I'm going to go look that up. Let's see what's the real deal. But, yeah, they, they pushed out like – a whole generation of like Mexican farmers that they had beautiful land where Dodger Stadium is right now. Uh -huh. There was like farmland there that where, where farmers had farmland. They had nice houses and everything, and they came and pushed them off their land using something called eminent domain. And that's to build that than, Dodger Stadium. Eminent domain is bigger than gentrification. Yeah, exactly. That's business, right? And they use that to build the Dodger Stadium that you you see that's there right now, that you know dude is having problems, you know paying. <laughs> but isn't that kind of ironic how we're talking about that and that's now going on to right now? 
in downtown Every day. Brooklyn. Yeah, it, it for goes the on the new Net Stadium. Yeah, and and that's just that's just the most recent one. If you look at most of these stadiums and most of these particular real estate projects, that's been used over and over. It's the same thing they've been doing since then and before then. But anyway, it's Thermal Soundwaves. Call us up 212-491-4685. Join the discussion. All right, email us thermalsoundwaves at gmail.com. Hit us up on the aim and semester tip. The screen name is Thermal Sound, of course. This is a natural alternative to fast food radio. Cause that's what we do. AC. You might learn something. See, all we need now is George Lopez, Jane Almost, and Frog. And Frog from Colors. And we good. <laughs> exactly. We good. They can't tell hey, nothing. Bro. They can't tell nothing on Latinos no more. Can't tell me nothing. I'm not like that no more. Thermal sandwich. Running wild, a hundred miles, it's hard to smile. Charges pile, I gotta feed my wife and child. Live later, life is now. Went from ciphers, lifers, rikers, nobody like us. I didn't care, you didn't hear. I'm cutting and splitting hair, prepared, getting it. While y'all sitting there, no help needed. Don't assist us. If you don't wanna hear these screams, listen to the whispers. Double my pleasure, I triple your pain. What you walk by, they call you, I cripple your name. The hustle, nine nickel insane. Running the lane as long as you quit with your game, it's one and the same. Offside, encroaching. When I spit, it's like coaching. You fly high the runway, fast approaching. Crash landing, no survivors. Last man standing, Edel's liver. Uh huh. And stop calling me a liar My level higher No desire to aspire But you aspire I inspire So low without choir You'll expire For all you misses doubt fires To work, I'm addicted Free agent, unrestricted Pain I inflicted I'm not getting convicted You liquid, wet You rappers ants at the picnic Y'all amusing, leave you leaking, oozing for misusing and abusing. I'm using the weapon of my choosing. Your parachute don't open, you're jumping to a conclusion. Thank you guys. I appreciate you so much. Keep up the great work. Thermal sound wave, wave.